Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Fintechs are the focus this morning. We are joined in studio now by Patricia Callan, who is the Director of Financial Services Ireland. You're very welcome, Patricia. We're looking at the whole area of fintechs, what they need to grow, get bigger, get exporting, just, just generally develop and deepen further. Um, and you've got three asks in particular of government. Uh, Hub is one of them and also more streamlined regulation. But talk us through before we get into what you need, where things mm-hmm. currently are. Well, the report is looking at the financial technology developments overall. So it was a survey carried out by Amora with startup companies who we commonly call fintechs, but also all of our larger companies who are on a digital transformation journey. So most of those companies will be partnering with innovative startups, but they also have massive in-house capability. So the entire sector is on a digital transformation journey. Um, And I think certainly in terms of the companies surveyed, both those who are large and established and the startups, there is huge positivity about growth, 70% expect to grow their headcount over the next three years. 86% of the the startups obviously expect to grow turnover very significantly uh, and 70% of the larger companies expect to grow turnover by about 16%. So I think uh, in terms of, of developments, consumers are demanding new and innovative products. The market wants to satisfy that. And that's why if we can work together with government and the central bank to overcome some of the challenges, I think we can certainly make Ireland a fintech hub. I'm sure. Obviously, there's probably a mixture of domestic companies and overseas. Revolut, obviously, is one particular one that a lot of our listeners will know, but it's a lot more complex than that. But just give us an idea of the balance between domestic companies and overseas in your in your membership. Well, in terms of the survey, uh, there was 44 startups and 11 established firms who responded to that. So it's a good sample size. Uh, but what we certainly noticed was that the vast majority of people in the startup zone are operating outside the regulated space. So they're adding value in terms of areas like regtech, insuretech, um, or, or they're selling their products into regulated firms because that's deemed to be the hardest part. Quite often when you set up a technology firm, you, you work out you know, the customer aspects, the route to market and all of that. But then, you know, in this sector, we are in a regulated sector and it's really important that we protect consumers and investors. And therefore, there are extra steps that we feel that there really should be a lot more education about up front. And that's why we came up with this idea of a fintech hub. It exists in many other countries like Station F in France, the similar ones in, in Australia, UK, etc. And the idea is that you put... Would that every, be a state facility? Or like an a actual physical provided? building, yeah. So we'd like to see the agencies, Enterprise R&D, the central bank themselves there but very much a partnership between large and small because we're very lucky in this country in that we have all of the great tech giants we've all the big FS giants mm. and we have an innovative culture and by putting them all in the one place and developing accelerator programs we feel that then Ireland can really compete Yeah because it sounds almost counterintuitive why do all these incredibly digital companies need a physical building but it must be about um, networking is it or, or swapping ideas or what, what, what's the, the yeah, I think it's, on a it, physical building Yeah it's very much around the innovation teams and that network and people who've been through the process sharing their learning with others and we find that that certainly helps people in uh, and even down to questions about, you know, funding uh, in terms beyond technology, that's certainly really important. Now, one of the things I noticed, you're talking about the central bank. They're obviously not here to, to defend themselves, but you do say that they possibly need to streamline their procedures, their guidelines and their processes in particular. 
Um, are, are, is this just something they haven't paid any attention to yet or are, are they going to hear what you're saying? What's the cause of this non-streamlining, if I can call it that? <laughs> no, we have st- very strong engagement with the central bank. We operate a stakeholder forum and within that we chair an innovation subgroup. And I think, you know, obviously this is quite a dynamic area that's really just exploded in the last number of years and regulators are struggling to catch up with the industry, as you'd expect. So it's very important. The reason people choose to be based here is because we have a strong financial regulator. But like every other business, We'd love if that was a bit more uh, transparent, efficient, the timelines, essentially like an SLA. Mm. But also, and I know this is already happening, the central bank are hiring a lot of people into the innovation hub so that they have the expertise. And we'd like to see uh, a lot more education sharing, I guess, between industry into those people, because it's hard to understand new innovative products and it's hard to regulate them. And they come with risk as well. And they absolutely come with risk. So we, we certainly want to do all of that together. So I think, you know, we're on a good start, but we want a lot more focus and indeed government supports for financial uh, and do you have any idea, um, even impressionistically, how, how long the journey takes to get from when they first hold that first meeting and introduce the product to getting authorization? Are we talking just the, the sheer length of time that this is taking? It is the length of time, but also the uncertainty because, you know, obviously there's a, an initial conversation, there's an application process and, and obviously the central bank would say, well, actually not all good applications are good and that's obviously uh, an issue for, for the companies. But I do think then that the, it, the, there's no certainty as to when, you know, it will next progress. And I have heard even existing companies that it takes 18 months to two years. And if you're choosing where to base your business, then this is a competitiveness factor because then you sure, might choose we're going to up to against Luxembourg the, or France. London or is a particular one, yeah. I mean, I know that some companies, one of whom I mentioned a few minutes ago, found the experience very bad. You know, they, they weren't happy with the amount of time it took. Um, but also, some of these fintechs, some of them are quite big now. They've got big balance sheets and they grow very quickly. So they sort of go from zero to very large very quickly. So that probably is the challenge for the central bank. And that whole risk factor, as you say, these are mm. products that have been untested. They're innovative, but equally they're maybe don't have a very long tail on them from previous. So people go, well, what exactly is this thing bringing? So I presume that's where the central bank are coming from. Yes, we want to be competitive, but on the other hand, we don't want the wrong type of companies coming here and getting authorization and blowing up the Irish financial system, which, as we know, happens not by these guys, to be fair, but it happened a few years ago. Absolutely. And that's why we've asked uh, the central bank to consider introducing what's called a sandbox. And this, is, again, has worked very successfully in the likes of the UK, where you essentially do allow companies to come and trial their products in a live environment, but in a safe and secure manner in order to get learnings. And by both talking together, I think that's the biggest uh, benefit that the UK have found, that there's a real understanding of the sector. But importantly, in Ireland, that would need to have cross-border functionality. Pretty much nobody sets up here to do business in FS. This is very much a global base for companies. So that's going to be critically important. And we've made specific proposals around that. And the other aspect then is for established firms when they want to change their business plan. Sometimes small changes can take a long time yeah. to get through the process. Because we obviously yeah. you want to avoid uh, what they call regulator regulator shoppers, you know, who are just going mm. from one place to the next. Mm. One final um, part, uh, Patricia, what you've got in this, um, I suppose, small wish, modest wish list <laughs> is is the whole idea of talent and um, human capital. Obviously, these are new technologies. Some of them are literally just happening as as we speak. I'll be talking later on the program with AI in various guises, but. It sounds like there's still a dearth of staff in certain areas. Is that a problem with the education system? Is that just because it's just new, novel technology? What's going on in that area? Well, we already have 105,000 people employed in financial services. And again, there's some great jobs. A lot of the cutting edge innovation is in this sector, but you're competing with for essentially software engineers, compliance professionals with 
the, the big tech and, uh, and even across the other sectors. they've been laying people sectors. off, so has that helped a little bit? There's a bit of a pool building? But it, they've actually not really been laying off technology that, okay. people, so it depends on, on your perspective. There's so, lots of salespeople. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's very important, though, we do still keep that focus up on STEM in secondary school through into uh, university, because again, in our industry, obviously finance, uh, asset managers, skills like that are also in demand. So we have 1.5 billion euros in our national training fund, which was gotten from employers through employers PSI for training and yet the government haven't actually released that money. So we'd like to see that money being released both uh, directly into to firms but also into the university sector so firms and universities can work together developing programmes for the jobs of the future. Uh, is there a particular roles you say are in most demand? You're mentioning mm-hmm. compliance. Is that the one you'd pick out as, as where the, the, the tightest pinch point is? No, I think it's certainly in our sector it would be uh, software engineers and then uh, asset managers and then compliance professionals. Yeah. Okay, well finally you've got three items, a hub, um, extra talent provision, let's put it that way, and streamline regulation. Where do you go with this report now survey? Is it down to the central bank or the government departments or what's next steps? Well, we would certainly continue our lobbying campaign. We will meet with the the Minister for Financial Services through the Ireland for Finance Committee, which is the government strategy. We're the secretariat for that. And then later today, we're having a meeting with all of the the companies who participated to discuss again how we can practically start. For example, we're looking at the area of apprenticeships in the context of FS. We already have two, but developing that further because that's a good alternative model. And also equally bringing women back into the workforce. We have a women in finance charter where our members set targets targets at all levels of their business for the amount of women in roles. And I think that, again, will make us more attractive to people who might be considering their options. OK, well, listen, thank you very much. Good luck with it. Three items on the list. So let's see how we can get them activated from your point of view. Director of Financial Services, Ireland, Patricia Callan, thank you very much for coming to the studio so early this morning. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.